Hello everyone, I'm Stefan Koritar and welcome to another Tech Talk podcast episode. This is the show where you can discover insights and valuable information about how entrepreneurs build their startup in the tech industry and the way the technology world works. We have conversations about technology and creativity, people, experiences and life around tech businesses and communities. Everything with the main goal to help you get inspired, get started, dream big and build amazing businesses. My guest today is Vlad Sarka. Vlad Sarka is a serial entrepreneur and angel investor. He is also one of the board members at Sparking Capital, a venture capital fund focused on pre-seed and seed investments. Previously, he has managed to develop a niche recruitment company in over 10 countries and has made an exit after 12 years. Vlad has been interested in strategic management since he was a student and has obtained a postgraduate diploma in strategy and innovation from Said Business School University of Oxford. He's passionate about supporting promising startups with his knowledge and skills. I learned so much from him and I hope you do the same by listening to this episode. Enjoy our conversation and don't forget to subscribe and share whatever you like and which episode brings you the most insights and the most learning curves. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Welcome Vlad and thank you for stopping by for having a conversation on Tech Talk. Hello, and uh, thank you for having me. Vlad, I just want to show our listeners a human part um, of you or a human nuance of who you are as a person. And there was something that caught my eye um, reading about you and doing my due diligence around the speakers that um, I invite to to the podcast. And that is that you say about yourself that you believe that through our own individual actions, we have to leave a better world behind. Why do you believe this? I think this would be desirably uh, from uh, each one of us uh, because many people think more what they get in life and what they can uh, achieve for, for themselves. But sometimes it's, it's very good to think about what we can do for others as well. and. Uh, um, if we are in a fortunate position to to be able to do good things for uh, for others, uh, people that we know or people that we don't know, I think we have the responsibility to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I believe this this um, like uh, they say, what's good for the bee is good for the hive. Uh, what what we can do for uh, others matters. It's not wasted energy. Uh, we ourselves were for sure helped at one point in time. Uh, other people will support us during our life as well. And I think it's a good attitude to, uh, to invest our time, our resources also in others and not to expect anything out of it. Right. If, if there's one thing that you could share with us what would that be in terms of what did you set for yourself to leave behind uh, that would make a better world what did you what did you put in front of you that you would like to obtain and leave behind <laughs> um, so living in uh, uh, growing up in communist romania and what uh, uh, what remained after it in the 90s i think 
we had a very interesting life, let's say. In, in the 80s, <laughs> uh, people were kind of the same. We got a good education because yeah. the communist system was, was not, uh, not bad uh, for exact sciences. It was good. That's why we have a lot of tech entrepreneurs now also because the basics were, were uh, in place. Um, and um, I believe that we evolved, our country evolved continuously um, and that we, um, we could see how things were changing every five or ten years. Um, at this moment, probably uh, we are, some of us are in places that we couldn't have dreamed of uh, before. And I think uh, just realizing that other people, um, that other people only, uh, only wish to have what we have and dream to have what we have, um, is important. Uh, it's also important to, to help them achieve this. So basically what I say to people that always complain is that uh, Romania is one of the top 25% economies in, in the world. People are much better off than many years ago. And uh, if you travel the, uh, through the world and even in Europe, there are some countries which are not, uh, not, so, um, not so fortunate like uh, Romania mm -hmm. is, even if it's not the most developed. So I believe each of us can have a contribution uh, and uh, uh, leave a better world behind, actually. And uh, I, I'm involved in, in projects that, um, that uh, imply uh, young, uh, young people, uh, maybe to motivate them, maybe to, to show them um, what is possible. Uh, a very interesting project that I... Um, that I sponsored last year is Oxford for Romania, where uh, 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 a group of uh, teenagers are, um, uh, are, are invited to Oxford and uh, uh, they meet alumni of Oxford University and where they, they simply uh, encounter uh, opportunities or, um, that, that they couldn't have thought that are possible. So basically, what I what I believe is that uh, we have to to have a lot of uh, faith and to motivate people to to try to to reach a very good version of themselves. I, I agree with you. I believe motivation is a is a core thing that should be done by the leadership line and leadership people that is it is in the country and they are fortunate like you are saying to be in a position to be leaders and i think it's their core responsibility to um, have the skill of motivating people because that's why you 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 kind of get the old mindset of the society right from the communistic regime you kind of extract them from there and you know motivate them and inspire them to do better stuff and coming back to what you said in terms of uh, a much more better position of Romania, of what it was like 30 years ago, I also believe that there's a lot of space for development since we are not really fully developed as a country. So there's a lot of space to play and, and, and grow. And um, yeah, I mean, we definitely need more people like you. <laughs> 
Um, what I would also like to be, I mean, uh, like to ask you or, you know, being interested since you already mentioned Oxford, um, and I know you studied management investment principles over there and methodologies, um, right? It was, I think, uh, Said Business School from University of Oxford. Yes. Um, what did you learn and can be applied to Romania and change for the better? Some key principles that you extracted from there. I think everything that I learned can be applied uh, to Romania. So basically, I, I, I did a postgraduate diploma, which is something similar to a master um, in the English system uh, uh, in strategy and innovation. I, uh, I was always fascinated by, uh, by strategy and I uh, had the, the, I was fortunate to apply it for many years uh, in, the, in the businesses I was uh, involved and um, I wanted to to have um, also a better, better, uh, better scientific uh, uh, approach to things. And uh, uh, even if I uh, I read a lot, uh, I prefer to be to be updated and to know the latest information or the latest mm -hmm. research on uh, on uh, some topics that are key for me. Uh, and uh, as well, we we studied how to expand businesses internationally, which I did as well, but uh, um, I, I uh, learned uh, very uh, applicable uh, frameworks and concepts that I, I can use very easily for myself and I, uh, that make me um, explain, uh, let me explain things very easily for others mm -hmm. in the end, which is important. Yeah. Um, and uh, also the innovation part, which uh, is very very interesting in the end because it makes you think outside the box and uh, uh, lets lets you uh, somehow um, think about uh, some principles or some ideas that are uh, that uh, are applicable to to things that don't exist yet and th uh, then you could find the means to to make them happen but First of all, uh, sometimes we have to invent things before we make them happen. And that, that's what also fascinates me about uh, technology startups, that uh, some bright minds come up with some ideas that um, revolutionize the way we think or business models that are, uh, mm -hmm. were uh, unthought of before. And um, this is, this is a, a part of... Um, the the things that interest me a lot and on top of this uh, i met very many very interesting uh, people um, each with his uh, own uh, uh, skill set and qualities and um, that that make you uh, that some inspired me or, or uh, some uh, uh, gave me very good ideas some became my friends and uh, it's a very it's a very good experience. And if somebody wants to learn more about this, they can uh, simply Google my name and look for Said Business School. I, I wrote some articles on the on the blog there. Maybe mm -hmm. if somebody wants to get uh, deep, uh, dig deeper in this uh, experience, mm -hmm. or they think about uh, doing a similar degree, uh, I, I, I highly recommend it. 
they can find out more details about it. Okay. Yeah. The, uh, thanks for that. That's going to be super helpful for our for our listeners. And um, just picking on uh, on something that you said uh, while I was listening to you. Um, and I know you are involved today. You are involved in much more businesses than one, uh, being um, a serial entrepreneur and investor. But what I'm um, interested in is the one thing that you started, um, you know, yourself at the beginning, um, being that you know, I would like to say that you were from from the first frontier of entrepreneurs, and as you said, you learn more and more you learn in a more applicable way, right? Learning on the go, then going, yes. studying, and then applying. Uh, I think that's the, the situation of uh, most of the Romanian entrepreneurs. Um, but what I'm interested is, you know, having your expertise and uh, doing for a long time um, the business that you started in the recruitment and placement industry um, and being an expert in the labor market. Can you share your vision of like where we are right now and where we are heading towards in the current context, because this is a very funny, like 2020 is a funny year uh, from a very, um, from different angles, right? Um, especially economically. So that would be great if you could share your... Would you like me to say general things in the world economy, let's say, or to talk more about Romania or Europe? Let's let's make. A, I think it would be to have a, on two ends uh, a global one, and then specifically on Romania. Mm -hmm. So, uh, like like we we see um, uh, these days, and uh, like we saw in the last uh, um, months, um, digitalization is uh, accelerating. Um, brick and mortar stores are. Uh, trying to turn into e-commerce uh, restaurants are uh, are uh, trying to deliver more and more uh, food uh, through online vendors so all these trends and I, I pick only a few of them or one major trend and explained in uh, in one uh, in several industries uh, means that uh, people have to get to be more literal Uh, literate in uh, in uh, the digital economy yeah. basically we see we see basically the talks in the last days and weeks are about teachers uh, yeah. how how will they teach our children if they are uh, not very fluent in um, in um, in the in the digital world so basically i think uh, uh, what has to happen and what people have to realize is that they, they have to somehow adapt to, to this change. Uh, it was necessary before, but now uh, they are forced somehow by the, uh, by the current situation to, to do this. Of course, during this time, um, businesses uh, are getting closed, others reappear uh, or uh, appear. There, there is a lot of volatility, which means uh, in the labor market and in the business sector that many people will lose their jobs and other people will thrive. And what is important for our listeners is that um, only the most adaptable uh, will uh, 
will manage to to go out of this um, to get out of this um, in uh, in a good shape let's say mm-hmm. um, so some people or some businesses have to lose their own old ways and adapt the new ones and other um, other bi- businesses um, uh, have to be formed in the end and uh, i encourage uh, entrepreneurs to, to think about new ways of doing things uh, adapting to this uh, to this uh, new world and i see some entrepreneurs who have ideas related to related to uh, the new economical situation and globally of course a lot of lo- jobs are being lost um, everywhere and uh, what uh, what i believe is that uh, um, in general people have to have to be more flexible they have to adapt and they have to to uh, learn new skills whether they are um, skills related to the digital economy or other uh, other skills you you mentioned a couple of times adaptability what do you think no i think the right question is how do you develop you know agility and being adaptable what's the what would be like top 3 things that you have to do in order to be adaptable yeah in order to be adaptable i think you have to have a mindset that is um, a growth mindset a growth mindset means that um you are willing to accept other people's ideas you are looking to improve yourself by um, being open and uh, honestly accepting when you are wrong and when you are not uh, thinking um, in um, in uh, uh, the terms you it would be better for you to think um, so the first thing would be a growth mindset um, a s- second thing would be I believe to to let go of old ways sometimes we just have to lose uh, ballast let's say or yeah. lose something uh, uh, heavy that it's keeping us behind this is very hard for some people some people are are very um, uh, traditional or um, don't like to change and uh, I only can give the example of a frog which is sitting in warm water that is heating up slowly till the frog is getting uh, uh, sleepy and it will fall asleep while the water will boil and this will kill the frog uh, instead of uh, like it's what is happening now the frog would fall into a very warm uh, water or boiling water and it will jump straight away so basically people would always have to to think in these terms and uh, sometimes just um, think about that instead of just remaining in a business that is not getting them further or in a job that is not getting them further um, it would be rather good to to let go and only continue if they see that something is getting them further so i believe uh, that ability is uh, being open to learn new things and letting go of old things uh, and in the meantime you somehow have to go out of your 
comfort zone and do new things which sometimes are hard at the beginning but they will become easier while you do that do you think people are more scared now and will continue to be in their lane or do you think we will have i'm i'm talking about romania right now or do you think people will you know go into entrepreneurship or start something else i believe is uh, volatile times uh, people are rather um, uh, cautious mm-hmm. and uh, it could be good to be so uh, but if you have a good plan of course you can uh, uh, do your best to execute it i believe rather in in this months and in the near future people will be cautious and after some stability will uh, come in place uh, they they will start to be more how should i say more more entrepreneurial if, if it's, it's rightly formulated although right if you i think um, there there was uh, something that i was listening or reading uh, although the perfect time slash timing to become an entrepreneur is right now if you have the proper mindset and sometimes the proper background financial background but uh, that's not something that has to be a, a blocker in the way right um there's a lot of potential um, entrepreneurial gains <clears throat> right now in times of change in the end uh, the people who see the opportunities are very well off and i would encourage uh, people to look at this side of the uh, of the world um, in in chinese for example the, the world the um, letter danger is composed of the letter um, uh, threat and opportunity mm-hmm. and uh, people should look always for uh, for uh, the opportunity in uh, in some dangerous things uh, exactly new, new categories uh, in business are being created maybe or uh, new ways of doing things are uh, um, accelerated uh, in e-commerce especially and uh, it, it, there are opportunities out there for the ones who are equipped uh, to to harness these uh, opportunities exactly exactly uh, what I, what i would add um on top of that you know since you already mentioned uh, e-commerce is um you know also people have to be really careful around you know navigating new waters and do always doing their due diligence and reading about it before acting right there's always going to be have you're going to be you know um context where you're going to have to act fa- more i mean faster than you will not have i mean time to do your due diligence but um in order to you know invest in you know starting selling online you should really do your due diligence on suppliers you know customer um customer history and stuff like that of whoever is is your supplier so i think that's really important because there's a lot of you know how we call, we call it in romania tsepe so you have to be careful about that because that's something that i've seen um along the years that people um got you know um mocked and um what's the perfect word scammed right and didn't go- receive the services that they were promised and this leads to you know being disappointed within that specific strategy you know going online and e-commerce and if that would you know be something that would be ha- would be really fruitful for that business um 
maybe and you know given by a really conscious supplier and qualitative supplier that would open up such a huge uh, amount of opportunities and revenue for that business so it's really important to know, know your customer um yeah it's, it's easier to prepare well for a business or for a market and uh, study uh, uh, a certain time about uh, what you want to do then uh, and then maybe even decide not to do it uh, then uh, losing a lot of money learning uh, uh, things uh, uh, while you lose money that you could have known before so it's good yeah. to, to to try to do only mistakes that were not uh, made before yeah yeah i agree Vlad, you are very active uh, in the Romanian entrepreneurship space. Um, where do you see the Romanian economy going in the next 10 years? And what do you think needs to be done to get there? Uh, I see the Romanian economy developing uh, further. Uh, I don't think there is uh, some trend to go uh, in, in another direction. Uh, and uh, there is a lot of uh, things that uh, can be done. Um, for example, uh, we see more and more activity in the IT sector, mm -hmm. which surpassed already uh, agriculture in. Uh, oh, really? Uh, I didn't uh, know. Yes, that. as per as percentage in the gross domestic product, with nice. with uh, considerable uh, less uh, employees, which is uh, normal in the end. Um, I think what has to be done uh, the IT sector has to be uh, supported further um, uh, and uh, what I believe that also in other in other sectors uh, there is a lot of uh, development going on uh, I see I, uh, I hope the government will also uh, invest in infrastructure which is a good uh, um, strategy to to solve a recession uh, mm -hmm. and now we have a uh, 100% uh, EU funds, so the state doesn't have to come with its own contribution. And uh, in the uh, this would be a great opportunity for us, and not only for uh, the the road infrastructure, also for the uh, railroad infrastructure. Uh, I, I like to travel by train. Me too. Unfortunately, um, uh, a, a lot of the uh, railways in Romania are very old and need to be uh, need to be updated. And all these needs that we have um, make the economy uh, grow in the end. If we get the funds for it, and if there is uh, uh, enough activity to to and there are enough funds to uh, support uh, the growth, uh, we we can uh, go further. On top of that, we see since a few years uh, uh, slowing down of globalization. The big companies uh, from Europe, for example, try to uh, to source uh, their services and products or uh, from uh, countries Locally. which are yeah which are closer to them, mm -hmm. and uh, this means that. Uh, that uh, Romania at the moment is in a very good position to uh, having already the trade partners in uh, Germany, France, uh, UK, Italy, Spain, uh, USA um, that 
uh, are in, uh, have invested already here and that uh, believe in Romania, so it's not no man's land for them, it's something which is very well known. And I think a lot of investments will come towards our way uh, and uh, we, we, we will benefit from this. On the other side, I hope that the government will invest more in education because only if the people are better educated and are uh, able to do uh, more complex tasks, they will uh, have higher salaries and um, uh, we, we can invest, uh, we, we can have, uh, uh, for example, a student which before thought of do working in um, uh, a sector which has a lower productivity could uh, be turned uh, towards a sector which has more productivity, mm -hmm. which offers more productivity. Uh, so I believe uh, the investments in uh, infrastructure, in education, uh, could benefit Romania a lot. There are uh, not only public investments in this, but there are also uh, uh, private uh, interests in, uh, in uh, developing uh, Romania. Uh, the Romanian business leaders, for example, an organization made up of uh, business people is investing uh, through his program Super Teach. In, uh, in the teachers and, and uh, uh, gives good examples uh, to other teachers of uh, teachers who are, are very good at what they are doing and they need to be inspired and we need to, to treat the teachers well because they are uh, uh, teaching our children and there are many, many opportunities for uh, and, and many things happening in this space and uh, I think uh, we are on a good path. Uh, I see everything uh, evolving uh, if we think about uh, the last years and uh, I think uh, uh, it can be, uh, it, it, uh, we are on the right path, but it can be accelerated as well. I, I, uh, I agree to that and um, I just want to kind of, uh, I was reflecting on what I said when you said that, uh, you know, the tech industry, ITNC, surpassed the agriculture industry and you know I, I said nice but then there was a second thought in the back of my mind and that was not actually you know um actually i didn't want to be to sound happy about it because in the same in, in the same time you know having this current context of you know pandemic pandemic right agriculture is the main industry that would support the let's say survival of the species <laughs> and not the tech because what we need is food to go on so i also do believe that in agriculture we have huge space of evolution uh, available um i don't think we use the space we have in romania as an agriculture space up to the you know its potential and i think we definitely have space of you know um investments and evolution in that in that space as well but you recently started and I know how how recently and what recently means maybe a couple of years or even more. You started to um, be more involved in the tech industry. Um, what was your I mean, what kind of what what piqued your in interest starting to be involved more in the tech industry? Uh, basically, I I started uh, um, investing in different. Uh, um, classes of um, assets uh, 
since since I was in university, uh, starting with uh, of course smaller amounts of money that I uh, saved uh, till I invested more and more, and uh, it was a evolution for me which happened in time from uh, less less risky assets uh, that are maybe bonds or uh, let's say uh, bank deposits or uh, low risk investment funds to investing in uh, in um, uh, in stock uh, at the Bucharest stock exchange and then uh, going further to even more risky assets which are uh, startups um, now uh, what made me uh, think of investing in uh, technology startups was the, the fact that I would like to support um, founders, uh, young or uh, uh, not so young, in, uh, in their endeavors because in the last years um, I developed a company in several countries and I noticed that uh, not so many companies develop outside uh, uh, Romania uh, and uh, I think it is very good what is happening at the moment because there are programs that support this uh, the scale out program also which is part of Romanian um, business leaders and uh, supported by Claudio Vrancianu which I think does a very good job at this uh, also uh, uh, what made me invest is uh, um, the curiosity to understand technology and I see it, it, it impacts people's lives it, it makes many things much more efficient, it makes uh, things more transparent, uh, there is no room for interpretation in some cases, which I find very good. And uh, basically it's, it's uh, related to, to evolution, to have uh, things which are more efficient, more transparent, and uh, it helps us. It, it uh, many times saves us a lot of time, and this is also very important. So basically what made me what made me invest is the desire to support other people which are in a position where I was a while ago and also the the desire to keep up with uh, uh, new with what is happening and uh, also to understand some things ahead of their time before they they get uh, mainstream so it's a combination of uh, the desire to support uh, curiosity and also the 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 wish to to make a investment which is uh, which which can bring a higher margin because it has a higher risk associated with it mm -hmm. that's right i mean um, it has a higher risk associated but in the same time like you said you you have higher margins in terms of what you can you know get if you know the business is really thought through has the perfect timing um, has you know solid management team behind um, you know it's not that often that you can scale a business um, internationally not globally uh, within that one founder team right <laughs> you always have to have a, a combination of more right definitely HR and finance <laughs> yeah but you also recently joined Sparking Capital um, how do you plan to um, impact um, the Romanian economy from that position? Is that something that you have in terms of tools, maybe 
the investment strategy they have over there is that what what was the key things that made you go on board and how you will do things from there mm-hmm. uh, so so basically sparking capital is a venture capital fund that uh, uh, that invests in uh, pre-seed and seed uh, uh, startups uh, and uh, we are uh, industry agnostic uh, we look at uh, companies who are uh, who have a good um, a very good uh, founders and that can be either uh, uh, leaders in Romania or can expand uh, internationally in uh, verticals like uh, martech fintech um, circular uh, economy mm-hmm. and many many other uh, uh, verticals in mm-hmm. the end um, uh, i think in romania we are not re- uh, yet in the stage where a fund can be uh, targeted only at a vertical we are not so specialized yet like there are funds for example in poland which uh, invest only in marketplaces and in the USA UK and other developed uh, venture capital markets there are funds targeted at, at uh, only one vertical mm-hmm. um, and uh, how we would like to impact uh, Romania by supporting the, the startups we we have a portfolio at the moment of uh, eight startups mm-hmm. and uh, we plan to uh, invest in a, a few more and uh, i think the biggest contribution is to uh, not uh, let this uh, great uh, uh, ideas and um, uh, great teams lose uh, lose their focus or uh, lose their uh, how should i say motivation uh, passion so basically how we can impact them is by by uh, by giving them capital to grow their idea and yeah. uh, execute uh, their idea so for example we have a, a startup in the circular economy it's called eco3 mm-hmm. uh, which tries to their motivation is to uh, try to uh, organize the better the processes uh, between uh, uh, generators of waste uh, and uh, people who um, collect uh, the waste is is a um, uh, marketplace for uh, waste uh, management mm-hmm. and um, their vision is to have a, a bigger uh, uh, rate of uh, uh, recycling in the Romanian economy uh, at the moment the figures say that we are under 10% of recycling and uh, this marketplace would help uh, uh, generators and uh, collectors uh, of waste come together and uh, do it more efficiently. It would spare a lot of time to the uh, all the involved uh, actors, and uh, in the end, it it, it would uh, generate uh, uh, more recycled uh, waste. Yeah, I mean, um, there's a huge business opportunity in waste and waste management. There are some situations of businesses. And I think I've seen this in uh, in Austria, and I think those businesses are kind of uh, public-private owned. But uh, coming back to what you said around the globalization, you know, as a descending trend, the fact that you have globalization on the other end, you know, there's uh, this waste and waste management uh, industry born because we consume 
more and more because of the consumerism. So yes, and I agree. I mean, Romania is really low or sitting, I don't know the numbers, but I can just, you know, tell by looking at around me that we're doing really poorly at recycling and waste management, really, really poor. I mean, in my heart, just, my heart just, um, you know, uh, skips a beat when I see all the, all the trash around me and in the city. So that's, that's, uh, I'm happy that we have more, I mean, not more, or we have this kind of startup that solve, you know, uh, has the mission of solve the, solving this problem. So mm-hmm. that's really, that's really great. Um, you know, but since we're talking about startups, how important do you think recruiting is this in, in the new, you know, in, in this space, in the startup space, tech startup space? You mean uh, startups that are uh, in uh, in the recruitment vertical, or how important? The, the other way around, uh, internal recruitment in tech startups. Uh, do you think they should uh, pay attention more to recruitment, um, and you know how should it be done in that space? Yeah, I think it's very important because if we're start uh, talking about startups, it will be uh, a, a small team. Um, sometimes it can be two founders and they recruit yeah. their first uh, their first um, employee and other times more mature startups which have uh, maybe uh, tens of people um, and at the beginning it's very very important to recruit the right people I, I, I really believe a lot of effort should be put uh, in this because uh, every person that you recruit uh, at the beginning will impact your uh, business dramatically. Uh, And sometimes uh, startups have to be agile, they have to grow very fast. Uh, And uh, sometimes, for example, if you pick one salesperson to represent you in a country, it it can be that uh, he will slow down your your development if he's not good enough. So I believe, it would be important to to pay very big attention to the first uh, hires in a startup. I I agree. I mean, I, I'm listening to you. I, I I kind of say the same the same thing over and over. I agree with you. <laughs> we are on a li- on on the same line <laughs> uh, on so many things. But I was um, I think it was back. Two years back, I was at the Startup Grind conference in Redwood City. And uh, what was the speaker? I think it was a partner at uh, Anderson Horowitz. He, he said that the first 20 employees of your company are crucial because those people uh, will directly impact the company culture of that company. And and when I listened that, I, I mean, even now telling you this, kind of that's stuck to my mind so strongly that I'm so careful when we even start collaborating with different people and not even hire, hiring, right? We, when we work with different suppliers of, you know, subcontractors of ours, of ours, I am so, so careful in terms of if it's the right person to work with because it could mess up the entire kind of, you know, production line quote, uh, of what we have right now on the go-to-market sector as services, it could mess up really, really bad in terms of you know not meeting deadlines, delivery dates, uh, not meeting the quality, and so on. So, yeah, that makes totally sense. I would like to make here a very 
simple analogy. And uh, some people should consider this like a soccer team because in Europe we all uh, like soccer or most yeah. of us. <laughs> and uh, it's very important who, who you're playing with. Uh, your team has to be good. If your goalkeeper is not good, you keep on getting uh, goals yeah. and uh, you stay uh, behind. Uh, goalkeeper can be somebody like uh, like uh, accounting or can be somebody in marketing they uh, you don't have a good marketing campaign you don't sell and you keep on accumulating debt or you don't sell well uh, sales people are like forwards if they don't score they you you just don't sell and then uh, everything is, is uh, messy uh, or you don't close deals you keep on going to clients and you don't close deals. Yeah. Uh, management is somehow in the middle, a good midfielder who, who can uh, work well with uh, everybody or like a good uh, coach. He's not on the, the field, but he oversees everything. So it, this is very, 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 very uh, important uh, uh, in the end. So uh, this uh, analogy is very easy and maybe our listeners could, uh, could use it from time to time and uh, think about if they want to, to play in a good league or, uh, or they are stuck somewhere uh, uh, in, a, in a little uh, league and uh, they, they will not go further. Yeah. Because when you go out in a very competitive market, you also have to know uh, how you face your competition. And sometimes... If you want to go to the U.S., you you really have to be well equipped. Oh. Maybe there you you play in Champions League, and uh, before you did, you were not even in the first league in Romania. Yeah. So it probably doesn't make sense. Yeah. We go first in a, in a smaller market. Uh, if it's the second market, and try to to be very strong there. Uh, this this would be also analogy related to soccer to international uh, expansion. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned uh, USA, and that those are international waters and full of sharks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Since we're talking about analogies, um, but they could there could be international waters which are not full of sharks. Exactly. And on the other side, uh, you know, sharks don't bite humans. It could be that other things are more uh, more dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe try Only a lake, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Until you have your operations um, established. Exactly. Um, but what what do you think as a founder, as a startup founder, what do you think um he or she should focus in the early days of building the startup? Could be tech, could be whatever, whatever uh it could be your type of uh, preference in terms of business industry. I believe there are many things that have to be done right the the entrepreneur the the founder of course has to know the market um, if he's a generalist uh, he has to have a very good technical person uh, so if if we're talking about uh, tech startups maybe they are built by uh, one tech person and one um, business person let's mm -hmm. say um, so the the Business person would have to have a very good co-founder, which is a tech person, or have somebody very good in the team if the if the company doesn't need to to be uh, that technical. On the other side, I would advise tech founders to 
to have uh, good people, business people around them, either seasoned in business development or uh, marketing, because this is very, very important. Uh, uh, we see very often very good uh, products or very uh, startups which focus a lot on the product, but uh, they really suck at the business development. And I, I'm yeah. sorry to say this, but they cannot go further if they keep on working on the product. The product is very important, but it's also important to to go out with it and uh, reach the right uh, the right customers. And this is a task which is uh, important for the for the business development aspect. Um, on the other side, if we think about this, uh, the, the business people are usually cheaper than the technical people, and uh, sometimes. Uh, Maybe uh, you can hire two salespeople for one programmer. Um, business development is then uh, cheaper than, uh, the, than the technical yeah. aspects. So I would say um, it's important to have the product right, but it's also important to, to focus on the, on the business side. Um, again, I, I would go to internationalization of a business uh, it's important to have the right uh, connections to do this as well, either uh, VC or local partners, because uh, according to Igor Ansov's um, matrix, this is a strategic management concept, a business has 25% to uh, chance to succeed in a new market. And then you have to see how, uh, uh, how uh, you could... Uh, uh, reduce this risk either by uh, partners or by uh, by uh, locals. Um, for example, when we uh, uh, started to to go abroad uh, over ten years ago, we usually had an employee which was from the country where we were recruiting. For example, we had a Bulgarian employee, we had a Hungarian employee, we had a Slovakian employee. And uh, all these people were uh, very good at what they are doing. They were understanding the local culture better than us. And like this, we could serve our customers much uh, better than, than uh, somebody who would do everything just uh, centralized uh, from one country. So you have to understand your market also uh, very well and to see to whom you are selling, uh, what uh, need you are solving. Uh, these are all very critical uh, things for startup uh, founders. And there are a lot uh, more. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm there and uh, I'm on the forefront. So we're building uh, our, our uh, venture studio as well. But uh, coming back to what you said, I think... Uh, European Union is um, really complex, and you know it's a very fragmented market. And it's we kind of in a we are in a special place. But I'm saying special just with a, a small of irony, maybe, um, because the you know the the amount of money you have to invest in in localizing or uh, scaling out, depending on how you want to name it. Um, it maybe it's much more in terms of budget in terms of uh, in terms of budget in comparison with the US and uh, there was one thing that i learned from one of my previous um, guests and that is Thibaut van der Hofstadt from from Sortlist and i asked him a question 
what did he learn that was something really specific from learning his uh, from from you know from building his startup and he said one thing around uh, specifically on the localization part or scaling out depending again how you like to name it is that for for example for the german speaking language uh, countries the entrepreneurs from there like to um, have interactions with businesses that are locally opened also and uh, you know have contact with german speaking people so that's very important in terms of, of what you said right now you know um, get a strategic partner in that country uh, or partner up with somebody uh, you know that knows the local culture and know how to navigate those waters and when i say navigate waters i say you know even you know marketing campaigns how you use your wording your words everything you could you could fail so hard in building a marketing campaign and using some really stupid names uh, or words in a, you know in german uh, especially german since it's kind of you know somebody's uh, some some people like to say it's really complicated or complex but uh, yes it, it is so yeah <laughs> we and, we have uh, we have done business in germany for a long time, uh, I personally speak also German, and it, it is difficult. So you have to understand the, the culture very well. If you understand the culture very well, and if you uh, can mm. play this game and be exact, be fast, uh, Germany is a place where you can uh, uh, have many opportunities. But you you have to be up for the challenges uh, in germany I'm, I'm really passionate about this subject because uh, every single time when i have the opportunity i kind of always like to I get myself really fired up and um there uh, there's also one thing uh, i remembered because you said you know around the engineering people on the team and you you need you know more than engineering you need marketing you need sales you need business development and what i like to say always when i i touch on this subject with somebody is you know we as a as a culture romanian having a communistic background we are so much programmed from an engineering perspective uh economy you know you know production line building stuff um and all the only the government was doing the sales and the deals and everything and nobody was building sales people marketing people business development people so I think that's that's a legacy, right? <laughs> that's a legacy that kind of the communistic regime left behind in the society, the business society. And right now we have to we have to clear out that part and start building these homogenous teams of sales, of marketing, of engineering, and to learn them to collaborate together. Because it was really funny, and this is one thing. And then I'm gonna change to switch to my uh, next question. Um, it's really funny when you look at this tech startup ecosystem, everybody's looking up to the USA-based companies and so on, but nobody's looking at them, you know, everybody's looking at the successful things and what they're saying, but do they look at how the companies are built, right? When you said you have to work less on the product and start working more on sales and marketing, uh, they have an MVP and they immediately start selling that MVP. So they they can get you know cash running into the into the company, uh, and that's something I think the Romanian society, the tech startup society, is overlooking drastically, in terms of how they you know run their operations and businesses and startups. But um, we still have a lot of things to learn, definitely. What I think um, these are things that you also 
mentioned, but um, what are the the first thing that you would do or you would focus or you know have focused or you can and you can recommend when scaling a business to a, to neighboring countries? I know we've said some you know things like knowing the local culture and so on, but uh, what would be the things that you you you've done um, as a first step? Was it research? Was it what exactly was it? So the first country we have uh, expanded into in 2008 was Hungary. The first thing that I did was hire a Hungarian-speaking person. Uh, then <laughs> was it made... from Romania? Yes, it was from Romania, of course. Uh, we are fortunate to to uh, have uh, many Hungarian-speaking uh, persons in uh, Romania. Uh, so uh, then uh, we did a thorough market research. We compared uh, with uh, some uh, uh, some uh, things we compared to what we have done successfully in Romania and we tried to apply them in Hungary and uh, I think they it worked. Uh, what we have done also, we have uh, uh, had uh, on our website a Hungarian uh, phone number uh, because oh, okay. in, back in the days the the roaming costs or the cost to call an international number were pretty high so mm -hmm. we were uh, easier to reach uh, like this mm -hmm. um, then what else yeah we, we try to to apply the concepts that uh, we uh, have done right in romania to hungary and then we try to do new things uh, uh, there we did a lot of uh, very uh, a lot of niche marketing we focused on industry specific uh, magazines we focused on industry specific websites and um, we did the same also when we went to uh, bulgaria when we went to slovakia when we went to uh, lithuania uh, and uh, so on uh, basically we we uh, try to have somebody who speaks the the language and uh, 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 seem to be uh, as familiar as possible to our customers uh, that that was what, uh, and easy to reach uh, easy a uh, very uh, uh, good attitude towards them try to understand them and uh, and uh, so forth uh, these are some of the things that i could uh, that i could uh, could say that that that's super helpful and uh, uh, i've that's why you you picked my interest when you said uh, a hungarian phone number because i have uh, some friends that um they have international business and uh, they have a local presence in in the uk and what they did they've um they got this um, i think it's voice over ip phone uh number right and just to kind of um showcase the customer that it's fully local and they actually connected that number to a romanian number and kind of solved that problem but in order to be like fully local not have some weird number from other country you can always get a, a telephone number that it's you know through voip and uh, be fully integrated into that local market exactly somebody when when people try to 
when people already see a foreign number, and in Western Europe, a Romanian number, that they don't even know where it comes from, yeah. they already think it's distant and it's far away. And yeah. even <laughs> if it's uh, in the internet, they will, uh, they will uh, uh, believe it's far away. Somehow we are, we are built like this and it's, it, they could feel that it's strange. So, and they will think that they don't understand him. They don't know what uh, is happening. They don't know his situation. So it's already a few barriers for the customer to, to reach out uh, to you. And I will just uh, say to our listeners, just imagine you would have to call in India. <laughs> uh, it's a fantastic country. I like it. I was several times there. But it could be that it's too exotic uh, 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 as long as you haven't been there and you don't know people from, from there. So yeah. basically, please think about this and uh, put yourself in the position of your uh, customer. Yeah. Being, being customer-centric is really important, and I agree. I mean, you really get skeptical when you see um a foreign number and you don't know where you're where are you calling to exactly so yeah definitely um i just want to kind of connect back to um your recent postgraduate studies and i want to build on that and i'm coming back coming to my kind of final questions over here um how do you think no how do you build a sustainable innovation uh, ecosystem in an economy that has the potential to have something like that. Oh, this is a, <laughs> a hard, uh, hard uh, question. Uh, I believe all the first of all, you have to identify all the stakeholders in the innovation system, mm -hmm. and um, then uh, somehow connect them. is is very important that uh, people are connected somehow and that uh, ideas can uh, migrate very easily from one uh, uh, part to the other. Um, and that, that stakeholders know each other, they support each other, uh, they trust each other. Um, I think a very, it's a, a, a very big role in this have uh, um, clusters, hubs, where people uh, un, uh, meet and uh, exchange ideas. There is a very good book um, uh, called Where Good Ideas Come From mm -hmm. and that explains how a um, uh, long time ago uh, people uh, meet in um, uh, uh, cafes or exchange ideas in cafes uh, be, uh, because they didn't have hubs at that time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> On the other side, um, uh, uh, important... Uh, Stakeholders have to invest in uh, R&D centers, and from these R&D centers, they will, uh, they will, uh, uh, in, uh, innovation will uh, uh, come up and uh, will will happen <laughs> in the end. I don't know how to describe it better. Uh, I will give here the example of um, uh, Xerox Park, where Xerox uh, invested a lot in R&D, but their problem was that again that there were many ideas or many products but they had no business development 
For example, uh, Bill Gates, not Bill Gates, uh, Steve Jobs went to uh, Xerox Park and uh, he immediately uh, got some ideas that he put into practice. And uh, that's uh, how some of the best Apple's, uh, best of Apple's products uh, came out back in the days. So Xerox Park was somehow the, um, uh, well, uh, a, a very good uh, point in the development of uh, Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, Cluj and Bucharest are very good uh, uh, centers in Romania where uh, innovation is being uh, 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 where it, it, it is being uh, supported and accelerated. Uh, we need also companies that uh, that support this. I, I think uh, the big telecom companies are a good example for this. Uh, uh, the, uh, the local banks are a good example for this with their um, accelerator uh, uh, programs and incubators. Um, also, uh, there are uh, uh, hackathons going on, there, uh, and there, which are supported by companies in the ecosystem uh, and um, also for example UiPath in the last years is a very good example that yeah. a company can develop out of Romania and become a decacorn and uh, the people from uh, UiPath the founders and the first employees and many people who are now um, have uh, paved the way for other Romanian companies to uh, to follow them I know, for example, the startup Druid has a working a good relationship with UiPath and they, they try to um, do some things together that also helps uh, both. And uh, there are many uh, companies like uh, Bitdefender who are very good what, uh, at uh, what they are doing at uh, cybersecurity and many others. Um, and I hope uh, that uh, we will see more and more innovation uh, centers uh, which are uh, supported by either uh, companies or uh, mayor's offices or uh, uh, the government. Um, we're not uh, that active in this uh, sense, like yeah. the Estonian government is. But they, have, they need to they, catch up. Yeah, they have only one million inhabitants and. Uh, it's easier to make uh, to transform things, but uh, things are uh, are moving, and uh, I hope they will be accelerated at one point. What what is very important is that um, Romania has a very um, uh, uh, economy which relies on very many pillars. We are specialized in in many sectors, which is very good for us because we have knowledge uh, from very many industries. Uh, mm-hmm. And I hope we will have more and more uh, Romanian uh, uh, companies that are uh, that are uh, good at what they are doing. They, that they become uh, uh, global uh, players like UiPath or uh, Bitdefender, and that that they uh, pave the way for for other other countries uh, companies to come and that follow their uh, their lead. And uh, we we start to have uh, very good uh, examples in this uh, in, in this regard. So uh, basically, what's important is that uh, local companies um, observe that they can exploit 
uh, their business only for so long and they start to invest in the next big thing uh, and they innovate in their sector or they uh, um, buy startups that uh, can support them to uh, develop uh, further so basically we could have i could make a comparison uh, between uh, kodak and fujitsu uh, kodak went bankrupt and fujitsu used their uh, uh, knowledge about uh, the chemical industry and developed uh, new products either in yep. medicine or other other uh, uh, sectors and based on that uh, they survive and try so it's time for the leaders of the big companies uh, to to invest in uh, innovation for the banks to support uh, uh, fintechs for industrial companies to support iot uh, companies uh, and uh, so forth uh, so uh, they can um, increase their uh, their uh, their uh, profits and uh, uh, like this uh, produce welfare for uh, for uh, romania yeah i i couldn't agree less with you um because I mean, I, it's just you're kind of speaking to my mind directly. This is something that I learned in in traveling so many times to San Francisco. And that is exactly the Californian Silicon Valley model where, you know, employees um, left different companies, started a startup, uh, get some, got some funding from different VCs or angels, and then hired their first 10 employees, give them, gave them stock options, and um, you know fundraise some more got to a multi-million um, dollar business and then got acquired right and that's that's a welfare formula or framework and um, you know you can have in between three and five years you can have like a in unquote overnight millionaires right or billionaires uh, with this formula which which definitely could work for Romania and um that's the same philosophy that we applied and we are applying to our venture studio and we are uh, connecting to what you have said um we are currently also fundraising and one of the directions and strategies for the for the fundraising is reaching out to these successful entrepreneurs in the software development houses that are looking into expanding their let's say business portfolio um and uh, they would like to you know be involved in the next generation of innovators and uh, entrepreneurs and that's uh, the people that we're talking right now and not only so that's that's really cool that you say this it's a validation for us another validation <laughs> uh so we're really, really happy about that and um yeah we um we think we think the same that's something that we need but again that's something that it's going to happen I think between five and ten years from now on, definitely. Yeah, it, it needs uh, some time, and uh, many things happened uh, during the last years, and uh, I'm uh, very optimistic about the future. Yeah, me too. I mean, um, ourselves really got validated with uh, getting super cool advisors on board. We have a, a, a Silicon Valley VP, and also we're discussing to um, somebody from that. Um, has has led the Bucharest Stock Exchange 
so really happy about it. Vlad, I'm coming to kind of my last questions over here. Uh, the timing's running out. And um, I want to ask you, what is a good book that you would recommend to our listeners that, you know, changed your way of looking at, you know, businesses or life? Something that, you know, really impacted you as a book. Or it could be something different. It could be a podcast, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, I, uh, I would recommend uh, one book by a um, very famous uh, uh, strategy, management strategy professor. Uh, he's called uh, uh, Christensen. And his, his book is on uh, uh, how you would like uh, your life to be. It's called How Will You Measure Your Life? Mm -hmm. um, it's a very good uh, uh, book to look at um, if you have your uh, uh, priorities straight. Uh, and uh, I, I uh, strongly recommend uh, Clayton Christensen's book. Uh, he, he wrote also on the innovator's dilemma mm -hmm. uh, and the innovator's solution about uh, disruptive businesses. Um, but this book is on... Uh, on uh, Uh, personal growth and uh, what to choose in life and what to do. Um, and I, I, I strongly recommend it. Awesome. I, I know about Christensen. Um, I've seen him on the stage on the Startup Grind conference and he's a, has been, right? Where he's not longer with yeah. us. He's such a figure and has this, like, um, you can, you, you know, the saying you, you feel when the person is entering the room. <laughs> so that's the vibe the energy that gives you when you see um uh christensen so yeah i really like his words and what he's saying so yep um our dear listeners if you're listening to this go buy his book and uh just uh, maybe have a deep dive in how he he was thinking in um you know um living his life and what he left after him as a legacy right to leave a better world Um, I would like to kind of close our discussion with with this. Um, so I think he did a lot of things and left a better world behind him. So, yeah. Vlad, um, thank you very much for joining. And um, I'm really happy that we had the opportunity, you know, I know you, you have a busy schedule, uh, that we had the opportunity to have the discussion. And um, we definitely need more people like you in Romania. Uh, it would be great if we could maybe you know, copy you and you know give you some different nuances of personality, <laughs> but we definitely need more people like you that are dedicated and passionate in the community. Uh, so thank you for your work. And um, if there's anything that you would like to um, say to our audiences or to me, this is your time. <laughs> yes, uh, thank you for uh, inviting me. And uh, I try to, to pass on my ideas to my uh, children. So uh, when the time comes, they can uh, uh, maybe follow my footsteps or uh, make, a, make an impact in the place they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's uh, you're building a great legacy over there. Thank you. Um, uh, for our listeners, Vlad, uh, can they reach out on LinkedIn to you if they have any questions? Uh, yeah, or... sure. Okay, cool. So... Uh, feel free to reach out on, uh, on on LinkedIn to Vlad if you have some some questions. Um, Vlad, again, thank you very much and have a great day. Thank you.
as well. Thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe, share and review our podcast because the voice of our community keeps us going forward. Find more episodes and discover different perspectives about tech and business and in our daily life. Thank you.